Perik Gimel, Mishnah Gimel. The Mishnah presents two more stringencies having to do with Tumah that apply to Kodesh, to the Karbanos, and not to Truma. The Mishnah states, It's permitted for a person, this person would have to be a Kohen, to eat dry chulin food with Tameh hands. His hands are rabbinically Tameh and considered Sheni L'Tumah. But as we know, if something that's Shani Latumah touches chulin, non-holy food, it does not in any way halachically contaminate that food. The Mishra rules a Kohen may eat chulin, non-holy food with such Tameh hands, even while chewing on some truma. Let's say you know, somebody else fed him truma, so he didn't have to touch it. Of course, he wouldn't be allowed to touch truma with Tameh hands. But if Tameh hands that are, again, Shani Latumah touch truma does contaminate the truma, or make it not fit for consumption, but here, you know, someone else put the truma food in his mouth. And now the question is, could he, with his tummy hands, pick up other food, non-truma, non-holy food, and eat that while still chewing on the truma food? The mission rules, yes, as long as the chulun food is dry. If it's wet, it would not be permitted because of the rabbinic stringency that applies specifically to tummy liquids. And that is that the rabbinic said that Allah is... Even if tame hands, which again are only sheni latuma, come into contact with the liquid, the liquid is considered rishon latuma, and thus it would render the chulin food as disqualified as sheni latuma, and he's going to put that in his mouth, and that chulin food which has sheni latuma is going to touch the truma food in his mouth, and that would disqualify the truma. Truma is able to become shlishi latuma, so truma food would be disqualified. So you would have a problem in that case. Again, if this chulin food is dry, then it's permitted. And the point is, we're not concerned that in the course of putting the chulin food in his mouth, his actual hands will touch the truma, which it would be a problem, but we don't have to be concerned. We can assume the Kohen will be careful not to allow his tummy hands to touch the truma that's in his mouth. The Mishnah says this lenient ruling only applies to truma of a loba kodesh, not to kodesh. If this person was chewing on a, some sacrificial food, so let's say it was placed in his mouth by somebody else, he would not be allowed to pick up dry achulin food with his tame hands and put that in his mouth, even though there won't be a problem in terms of the chulin food touching the Kodesh food. So the chulin food doesn't become tame as we explained. But here we have to be concerned, maybe he won't be careful, and his tame hands will touch the Kodesh food, which would cause it to be contaminated. Therefore, this is not allowed in the case of Kodesh. Now the eleventh and final stringency that applies to Kodesh and not Truma is that Ha'onain, person who has become an Onain, which means an immediate relative has passed away. Allah is that when that happens, until nightfall, he is forbidden from partaking of a carbon. And in the case of Umechusr Kippurim, person who was Tameh, with the type of Tameh that requires an elaborate procedure to become Tahar. It's not enough just to go in the mikvah. He also has to undergo like a waiting period. And at the end of that, he has to bring a carbon. For example, the person becomes Tame as a Zav. At the end of that process, he has to bring a bird offering before he can consider himself as completely Tahar. The Mishnah states that even once the Onin Rechusikipurim is past the stage of being an actual Onain. It's already past nightfall. 
or in the case of the Mechus Kippurim, he already brought his carbon, yet Allah is Tzrichen Tfilah Lakadash. The Rabbanan said that these individuals will be required to immerse in the mikvah in order for them to be permitted to partake of a carbon. There is no rabbinic decree requiring these individuals to immerse before they may partake of a truma. They must immerse before having a piece of a carbon because they just emerged from a status which forbade them from having a carbon. So the concern is that since this individual anyway was unable to have a carbon, that he did not sufficiently guard himself from Tumah to make sure he'd be eligible still to have a carbon. By contrast, the Mechusiki Purim, the Onain, need not immerse before they have truma, for in fact they were already permitted to have truma, even when they were still going through the process, before this person brought a carbon. When he was already at the stage of bringing a carbon, at that point already he was allowed to have truma. He actually already went in the mikvah. And the Onain is allowed to have truma. He's only not allowed to have a carbon. So it's only with regards to a sacrificial food. Rabban said because throughout this last leg of the stage of his process, he wasn't able to have a carbon. It's deemed that he didn't sufficiently guard himself from Tumam to remain qualified to have a carbon. Therefore, he must immerse after he emerges from his state of Mechuzi Kibur Onain before he could actually partake of a carbon.